Welcome to How You Spend Your Days. My name is Colin. And I'm Tanya. And this is the show where we explore debt, break down the stigma around talking about money, and give you a little sneak peek around my own journey of getting out of debt. How's it going, Tanya? It is going well. Things are a little nutty right now. My book just went on sale, which is um, pretty surreal, but also exciting. Yeah, how about you? That's awesome. Um, Yeah, it's a busy work week. Um, We've talked about this in the past where freelance is feast and famine for me. And uh, right now it's definitely a feast of just too many things to do and not enough hours to do it. But, you know, looking forward to those invoices and things. (laughs) Yeah, good stuff. Sweet. So, yeah, this week um, we're going to talk about goals um, in general. So the... Last episode, we talked about the numbers that I have in terms of debt um, with the IRS and credit cards. And this week, I just wanted to kind of break down some of my goals and maybe talk about a uh, plan of attack and order for those kinds of things. Um, I've read a few you know, various uh, arguments for trying to build like an emergency fund before you start trying to get out of debt. Or, you know, obviously you're paying interest on debt. So, you know, the the idea that you should pay that off first before you even worry about saving. Um, And so I figure we can just jump into, I've got a couple of them here and we can go through each of this. Yeah, that sounds good. So the first one is to build an emergency fund. So I think uh, my plan here would be to at least start off with an emergency fund of about $1,000, mostly to just weather unexpected things that have a tendency to end up on the credit card. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, what do you, what are your takes on that in terms of like whether that should be the first goal just so that I have some padding or if I should just start thinking about credit cards first and, you know, maybe add the emergency fund as like another thing that I automate and pay over time instead of trying to build the whole thing first. No, I think there's huge peace of mind in just knowing that you have a little bit of a cash buffer. So for that alone, regardless of what financial experts would say, I think it's worth it. But the good thing is experts also agree that having at least a small emergency fund to start out is really key for exactly the reason you said. You don't want to end up charging something like if your car breaks down and you need a car repair, you don't want to have to go into more debt to pay that, especially as you talked about, like being closer to the limit on stuff, you might not even have that option. So I think assuming that you're already making minimum payments on everything, then yes, I think building up a thousand dollars emergency fund is a great next step. And then as you get further down the road, you can expand that a little bit, but I think just getting a minimum there so you can really focus the rest of your money on debt repayment makes a ton of sense. Yeah. And my thought here with this one too, was almost having uh, a smaller goal that I know I can get to um, because getting out of debt completely is like this huge goal that is going to be something that we are headed towards, but it's not going to be achievable in you know a few months. Whereas getting that emergency fund done uh, gives a sense of progress and that you know comfort of knowing that I have it there. Mm-hmm. So I think I'll have to make sure that I factor that into whatever plan I come up with for the credit cards. So I think maybe automating some amount per month. Um, you know, if I want to have that thousand dollars saved up in two or three months or something like that, mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, it might be that in the early going, like for the first thousand dollars, that you're just putting that away in bigger chunks, and mm-hmm. then over time, you're adding something small. Like if it's adding a hundred dollars a month to it, 
so that it can build up slowly, but not in a way that's going to really detract from your debt payoff, I think could also make sense. So that's maybe worth talking about down the road. Nice. Yeah, I like that. Because I'm kind of thinking of this in terms of like buckets um, that I'm going to be splitting money into when I get paid. And so making sure that that emergency fund is one of those buckets that even if it's a 50 bucks or 100 bucks a month or whatever that might be, that it starts to grow on its own and hide that money from myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, I keep being tempted to say like 50 bucks a pay pay period or a paycheck, but then it's like, Oh, right. (laughs) You've you've got a different income structure. So yeah. Thinking about it per month or yeah. I mean, how are you thinking about it? Are you thinking about it every two weeks or every time you get paid by somebody? Like what's your frame on that? Yes. So um, that's actually one of my other goals is to figure out a way to smooth out my freelance income. And so we can go into that one a little bit. I think what I would like to do is actually start paying myself more of a salary from the business so that I do have that number of how much money I'm making every month. Um, Obviously, if the business, you know, if I have a lot more work in a given month, I can you know, pay myself more that month or whatever that looks like. But right now it's literally like invoice to invoice, paycheck to paycheck, you know, in, in that way, just because it's, it's not a traditional every two weeks, like most people get, um, doesn't mean that I can't create that for myself. And so I think being able to figure out what that number is, um, and some of these goals I think are going to factor into that. Like if I know how much I'm going to need to service debt and supply of emergency fund and pay back the IRS, what is the amount that I need to make every month and how much can I justify paying myself so that it's predictable and then I can start thinking of things in terms of like percentage of income that way. Yeah. How do you structure your business versus personal accounts? Do you have multiple bank accounts or are you you just a sole proprietor? Are you an LLC or anything? Yeah, my business is an LLC and uh, it has its own checking account. And so all my payments come into that. Uh, and then I pay myself out from there where right now for this year, I have my personal checking account um, is basically my income. And then my tax percentage goes into a savings account so that I have that for, for a quarterly taxes for this month, uh, for this year, since I wasn't doing that properly for mm-hmm. last year. So if I can smooth that out and maybe, you know, uh, part of it is just that some months I don't have the same income and then some months I have a lot more income and I basically live that way and it's like a roller coaster. And so if I can make sure that I pay myself a set amount every month, those fluctuations should not Mm -hmm. matter um, as long as it's a small amount and I can increase it as the business grows and, you know, clients come up with more projects. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. I've I've just gotten into the world of business checking accounts and really I'm just using mine to <clears throat> really I'm just using mine to do expenses for my retreat, which is a break even type thing for me. So it's really just like, is there money still there to pay all the bills that are coming? <laughs> is my goal. I haven't yet gotten to that level of actually paying myself anything out of it. And and again, like I don't know that that will ever be my goal, but it's I can definitely see how that would be a challenge given how kind of the cash flow, like especially my case, it's an event. So everybody paid me like months ago and then I have to make that last. Um, But if I was also trying to draw, you know, kind of a quote unquote salary for myself out of it, that would be an interesting challenge. So I definitely see part of what you're trying to figure out there. 
Yeah, and I think for me, it tends to be when you're looking at it week by week or month by month, it has such a fluctuation. But I think doing that monthly payment to myself or even by monthly or whatever it might be, um, then I think that just makes it so that I know what to expect and I don't get to look forward to like, oh, if they pay me this month, then, uh, you know, I can do these things that I wasn't able to do because I wasn't getting paid. Um, so that right now, like, I think when I do get paid more, I tend to spend more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next month ends up being a shortfall. And then I have to like, you know, go into cockroach mode and, you know, ramen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I need to really smooth that out. So I think that's, that's num- goal number five on my list here. Um, but I think it's something that's going to greatly affect all of these things. Something tells me this is going to come up again when we get to your goal number four, but I'm, I'm getting ahead of us. Should we talk about goal number two? <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So goal number two is to solidify a payment plan with the IRS for my estimated taxes for last year. Um, I We talked about this last episode, but I just filed my uh, estimate, my taxes for last year uh, and know what that number is. And now I just need to uh, have a little meeting with them and, and discuss that. And so that will be one of the buckets that I'm going to be paying into every month um, in addition to the emergency funds and paying down credit cards. That makes sense. So I don't know what the numbers are going to be yet, but that first goal is just to have a plan. Uh, And then the next goal will be to figure out what that number looks like and how fast Mm -hmm. I can pay that off. Yeah, I my parents were audited when I was a kid. And interestingly, they were audited for a year in which they had been married after they got divorced. (laughs) So that was super fun. Um, But that gave me a really um, probably unhealthy fear of the IRS. And so I'm like, yeah, get rid of that. Like, deal deal with the IRS, get that off your back as quickly as you can. Definitely. Yeah. And I've found um, that they tend to be really great when you're proactive about it. And so I'm expecting that I'm just going to reach out to them and just say, Hey, this is, this is what the numbers are. Like, let's, let's talk about it. Um, and I've heard of other stories of people like settling and things, and I don't think that's going to be an option. And I don't think there's a reason to, um, you know, I can reasonably pay that off. Um, you know, in, in my case, I was taking that money that should have gone straight to them each quarter and waiting till the end of the year. And then I found myself not being able to do that like mm-hmm. I had hoped. Uh, and really, the other goal then would be to make sure I never get into that position again. Um, and I'm exploring a few apps that help make sure that that never happens. Um, I kind of wish that banks were a little bit more program pr- programmatic, like a spreadsheet where I could automatically hide percentages of money every time I get income and things like that. But um, there are some tools for like setting up like auto pay and things like that, that I'm trying to do to hide mm-hmm. some of that stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. So that's the IRS. Um, goal number three is to come up with a plan for the credit cards. And um, I've been playing around with some calculators for debt snowball and debt avalanche type um, payment, like accelerated payment plans. Um, What's really cool about some of those tools is they allow you to put in other types of uh, debt. So like I can put the IRS payment plan in there as well so that I can see like what the interest rate of that will be plus the different credit cards and things like that. And do you feel like for that, that you're more motivated by knowing that you're doing the most optimal thing financially or are there other factors for you? Like, like, do you just want to see certain debts go away more quickly? Like, cut your total number of debts down. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think for some of them, like the IRS one, I would like to get that thing yeah. gone as fast as possible. The credit card companies are <laughs> happy for me to have a balance. Obviously, uh, I'm not happy about that, but they are. And so the IRS, not so much. They're not so happy to have that. Yeah. So I think um, for me, I mean, I'd, I'd really only heard about the debt snowball before. Uh, I didn't know that the other option had a name of debt avalanche. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, debt avalanche. Um, and the difference there being that the snowball is um, lowest balance first. So in my case, that would be like my Wells Fargo credit card, which also tends to, which actually has the lowest interest rate as well. Um, versus debt avalanche, which is you're paying off the highest, the highest mm-hmm. interest rate. First. Yeah. And the snowball, that's Dave Ramsey, right? Am I making that up? Yeah. Like I think the so. idea there is that so. by knocking out balances, you get a feeling of success and that that motivates you to keep going, which I think is totally valid. But for most people, the avalanche with going with the highest balance or rather the highest interest rate first is going to save you a lot of money. But if you're dealing with like a huge balance with a high interest rate, it might be a really long time before you pay that off. And that might feel depressing or, you know, you might kind of lose your way as you're going through that. And so that's why I think it's important to kind of know yourself and say like, do you need to be able to say, okay, done, this one's retired versus I just don't want to pay more money than I have to. And that to me, that should dictate which method you use. Yeah, I think um, being able to like have a card that has no balance sooner than later would definitely feel like a sense of progress. Um, so getting that emergency fund filled up would be like the first checkbox of progress. And then getting one of those cards gone and the IRS payments gone would, would definitely help. Because even in some of my um, playing around with these calculators, you know, if I do nothing but minimum payments, I'm looking, you know, obviously at an mm-hmm. eternity of payments. And I think um, doing both the avalanche and the snowball um, for my situation really only changed the, the amount of money I was paying by like a couple hundred dollars, which is a material thing, but it wasn't like a huge difference of mm-hmm. thousands of dollars or anything like that. Um so, and I think, you know, my conservative es- estimate puts me at being with either one of those um, being done in about 26 months versus 88 months mm-hmm. of not doing either one of those. So that's a pretty big difference. Um, and then obviously what we'll talk about too is as I hope to get my income figured out that I can put more money towards that or, you know, certain side hustles and things that I do that can allow me to chunk at that a little bit faster. Yeah, that makes sense. You, you might also think about structuring it in a slightly stepped up way. So like, same as you're going to start by getting $1,000 in an emergency fund, you might also start by creating a little wiggle room on each of your cards. Or if, like you said, the Wells Fargo card has your lowest interest rate, you know, maybe you just try to pay some off there so that you have a little room. That's sort of like your, your emergency emergency fund where you obviously don't want to use that to, to spend more, but if you absolutely had to, you'd at least have an option and then figure, you know, then from there go into the avalanche or the snowball or whichever you decide to do. But thinking about that as kind of an initial step might make sense. 
Yeah, definitely. I think each of those um, will be good to put all these goals on the website too so that we can kind of follow along with them. And I think if I see like this really big gap between goals where it's like the next goal isn't going to be even possible to be achieved until another year from now that there might be a way to break it down into smaller goals so that I have that sense of progress and things that we can talk about on the show too. Um, You know, even thinking about 26 months of, of repayment, and thinking about the show being weekly, like that's a, like 104 episodes of, of a podcast, which sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> we can follow along with how that works. Um, and obviously, the show is not just going to be, you know, weekly. Colin paid his his payments to to the various parties, and and that's that. There's lots of things to explore each week. Absolutely. Um, so the last goal here, um, goal number four is inventorying my expenses and seeing where my money is going. This one, um, you mentioned, t- uh, having that tie into, um, freelance income and things like that. Um, for this one, we w- are going to really dive into this next week. Um, my goal, this one's one that I should be able to check off this week, which is just sitting down and looking at where everything is going so that I can think about, what kinds of percentages of income I can start to put into these various buckets. Yeah, it it strikes me, especially what you said earlier. And when I said we'd come back to this is the idea that you're spending a little more if you earn more. And then other times when you're earning less, you're going into cockroach mode, which I love that (laughs) expression. But yeah, I think once you look at your expenses and you have a sense of where things are going currently, you'll be able to make a more informed an intentional choice about, you know, can you find a middle road between the spending more and and having to really scrounge so that it just, it feels first of all, more sustainable. Cause I think that's how you're honestly going to be able to get out of debt is by getting to a lower spending level that you feel like you can do month to month. So you don't feel like you're really having to sacrifice or like really making yourself unhappy or foregoing everything that you love. And so it'll be really interesting to kind of dig into that. Yeah, definitely. And I personally don't feel like I spend a lot on things that I don't necessarily need. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be one of those things where I'm sure there are things where I'm going to be like, oh, I didn't even realize that subscription is something I've been paying for and I never use. Mm-hmm. Like, that happens to all of us. Um, but I think there's some things like, you know, most of my money I know goes to rent, health insurance and food. And those are pretty important things. Um and so figuring out what else does it go to, um, are any of those things that are materially going to be, you know, something I can transfer over to um, service of debt or emergency fund instead of, you know, a night out or whatever those things. Mm-hmm. Be. Yeah, that makes sense. So I think um, my goal this week will be to just sit down and, and go through all those things, look at. Um, anything. I think I do have a few like recurring things that are still on some of the credit cards. So getting those off of those and moving them over to the debit card, if there's something I need to keep and if they're not something I need, then just canceling them and getting them closed out so that again, those balances aren't climbing um, while I'm trying to figure out how to get them paid off. Yeah, I think that's smart. Although I definitely fall in the camp of people, you know, I see folks on personal finance, Twitter who are like, yeah, we finally cut Netflix. I'm like, that's 12 bucks a month. (laughs) Not that that's nothing or we should be capricious about money, but I think looking for the bigger bang for your buck is always going to get you farther. You know, like if you're, if you're at a point where you're trying to save $144 a year, 
I mean, that's, that's rough, you know? So I'm hopeful we can like find some things you don't know about that are sucking a whole bunch of money. (laughs) You'll just be able to knock those out and pay off a bunch. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately from some of my months of having to be in that cockroach, like survive at all costs mode, I have uh, cut most of my subscriptions already. You know, I have things like internet at home and I do have um, a Netflix account and things like that. So some of those things are things that I know I'm not in debt because of Netflix, right? It's, I know, you know, maybe going and getting coffee could be something I could cut back to more of, you know, uh, something that I do once a week or every couple days instead of every day. Um, those are things that we can look at. Um, I don't believe I'm in debt because of coffee either, but it's something I want to like actually add up, see what the number is and figure out what, what can and can't be cut. Yeah. And like nothing is all or nothing. Maybe Netflix is, but that's a bad example. Um, (laughs) but coffee, like you said, it's not a question of every day or never. It might be that you look at ways to scale back if the numbers add up and you kind of go like, oh, damn, <laughs> look at that. When we started really saving aggressively to buy our first place in LA and then that saving habit kind of turned into saving to retire early, it was pretty shocking how much we were spending on restaurants. And we didn't think about it because most of them were just like, you know, 20 or 30 bucks on takeout or whatever it was. It didn't feel extravagant, but that stuff added up. And when you looked at it like that, it was easy to go like, okay, we want to trim back on this. And we didn't say, okay, well then we can't go to any restaurants. We just said, here, we're going to put some parameters on it. It's like maybe once a week at most. And here, you know, here's how we're going to think about it. So once you look at everything, I think it's much easier to make some of those decisions. Yeah. And I think the other thing that I know that I need to do is not be extreme about anything. Like even the idea of like, I can't just I know I'm not going to be able to say I'm only going to be making food at home and never eating it Mm -hmm. because those situations obviously come up, right? Social things where people want to go out. um, That doesn't mean we need to go out and have, you know, all the appetizers and dinner and dessert and all the drinks and all that kind of stuff. That's, that's a different thing. And fortunately, I mean, I do like food, but that's not something I need to do when I go out. Um, and then I'm also fortunate that my, my friend group likes to do things that don't cost a lot of money. And so that might be outdoor things that might be, you know, doing something at someone's house instead of going out. And so leaning more into those things so that this is sustainable because I need to be able to also continue to live, you know, live my life and do things and not have to, uh, completely go into penny pinching mode, but it it is time to buckle down and, and get this stuff paid off somehow. So there's going to be some things that need to get cut and some things that need to be pulled back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So the last goal we already touched on, um, which, which is smoothing out uh, my freelance income, um, which the alternative to that might even be to explore getting a job. Um, I think just focusing right now on paying myself an actual salary from my business or at least perceived salary, right? If I say this is the amount every month that I'm going to be paying myself that covers expenses and a little bit of room for um, saving and paying paying debt and, th- and things like that. And even in some cases, probably leaving money in the business account to weather those months where things are not as, as good will help with that. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And the alternative is to get a job. I've been looking at options. Um, some of my past experience just in terms of like my work history and things makes getting a job a little bit difficult, but I know that there are jobs out there that, 
Um, I'm a programmer that, that value what I do. It's just figuring out whether it's a local company or a remote company that uh, is hiring and kind of fits my skill set and, and availability and all of that. Mm-hmm. You're doing like the anti-millennial move. <laughs> <laughs> the not going full side hustle and, and you know, living on top of Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, trying to, trying to get a job potentially um, instead of everybody's trying to escape the job. Yeah. And I'm not above having a job. It's just that my, like me running the co-working space here, we now have someone who helps run that. We have an employee who can do that. And, and that's awesome. Um, it's just that my resume and maybe I need to like hide some stuff on my resume and maybe not ever include the co-working space and things like that. It's just that most people, when they apply for jobs, they're like, you know, they've only done that job. They haven't also been doing all these things that I do in addition to it. And so it just makes me this really kind of strange jack of all trades candidate, which looks a little risky on paper in some t- in some cases. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I've found it easier to just be able to land clients and get paid by them and, and have some other flexibilities there too, which, you know, if I do it right, I have the potential of technically earning more money than I would have in a normal traditional job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and also potentially less headache with the stuff like quarterly estimated taxes. And yep. Yeah. I mean, there, there are definitely benefits to working for somebody else and letting them do all that work. Yeah, definitely. I think the quarterly taxes, um, access to different and better health insurance just by being a part of a company is amazing that us as freelancers don't have access to the same uh, insurance that groups do. But it's kind of a fact of freelancing these days and something that hopefully improves as as time Mm -hmm. goes on. Well, those are the goals that I've um, got rolling around in my head. They're things that I think I can lay out in a blog post uh, on the website uh, so that we can start to track and tick those off. Uh, some of them are going to be a little bit easier, like having a phone call with the IRS will be one that shouldn't take very long. So we can get that checked off and have a true state, a true sense of what the state of things are going to be going forward for the future episodes. Yeah, I think those sound like a really good set of goals. I think that all makes total sense. Well, if you want to follow along, you can find uh, this episode and others on howyouspendyourdays.com. Um, you can follow along with us on Twitter as well at howyouspend. And where can we find you online, Tanya? You can find me at ournextlife.com or on Twitter and Instagram at our underscore next life. Awesome. And my uh, Twitter is at Colin Lorette's. And uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to share this with other people, we would love to have you give us a rating or a review in iTunes. It really helps other people to find the show. And hopefully we can all work towards getting out of debt together. Yeah, just go hit, go hit those five stars. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll catch you next week. See ya. Music in this episode from Blue Dot Sessions. 